It's time for Off the Clock with Dean Kucher, the only podcast that brings you broad business conversations with phenomenal guests, as well as the kind of fun and games that you have come to expect from the Off the Clock events in our Swigert Hall home. Join host Dr. Gene Kucher each month as he connects with three guests about topics of interest in business that complement what's happening in the classroom and in the field. Now get ready for Off the Clock with Dean Kucher, brought to you by the Norm Brodsky College of Business at Ryder University, right here on 1077 The Bronx and 1077thebronc.com. Proudly nominated for a 2019 and 2021 National Association of Broadcasters Marconi Award for College Radio Station of the Year. Welcome to Off the Clock with me, Dean Gene Kucher. So I've been thinking for a while now about focusing an episode on this remarkable experience that I shared with a number of our students back at the beginning of August. So Norm Brodsky, as in the Norm Brodsky College of Business, and Lewis Schiff, as in a doctor of business from Ryder at our most recent commencement ceremony, and their organization, Birthing of Giants, they host a program called Moonshots and Moneymakers which is an innovation conference for entrepreneurs and business leaders who are looking to build their networks with an extraordinary group of colleagues and learn a method for transforming their businesses to the next level. So at this conference, they discuss financial models, innovations, they learn from thought leaders around economics and technology, and they do it all in the best university in the world, the University of Oxford. Well, since 2019, we in the Brodsky College have been eyewitnesses, uh, university ambassadors to this program, where a class of our students, along with their instructors, travel to St. Edmund's House at Oxford to network with these giants, to immerse themselves in a world of innovation and entrepreneurship that is truly special. I give a whole lot of credit to Lewis and to Norm for, well, first for running such a special program and also for including us. I like to think it's really developed into a signature program here in the college. I recommend it for anybody who's thinking of, um, of that kind of experience for the future. But today we are on the clock, at off the clock, and we focus this episode around that Oxford experience. Today, we're talking with Dr. Nitin Singh, one of the instructors who led that trip, with sophomore Marissa Stauff, representing the students who attended this year, and 2019 alum Ethan Dowie, who was on that first trip that we took uh, back to Oxford. So thank you for joining us. Let's talk more about Oxford. Our first guest, Marissa Stoff, is a sophomore majoring in actuarial science and information systems with a minor in business analytics. She's a trustee scholar and a member of both the baccalaureate and business honors programs. Marissa is the secretary of Delta Sigma Pi Riders co-ed business fraternity and the co-vice president for the Gale Bayernbaum Women's Leadership Council. She's also a member of Ryder's J&J case competition team that's presenting at the uh, nationwide finale at J&J headquarters. Now let's hear from Marissa Stoff as she shares her experience attending the Moonshots and Moneymakers Innovation Conference at the University of Oxford in August. Marissa Stoff, I'm so happy that you're joining me here on the Off the Clock podcast. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I'm glad to be here. So now you know we're talking about the recent Oxford trip. Can you tell us when did you learn about that opportunity to travel to Oxford and why did you decide to apply? I actually learned about the Oxford opportunity before I even came to Ryder. I heard about it at different open house events and such. And I had a tour guide who went on the trip and I was like, oh my gosh, this sounds awesome. Oh. So then eventually I came to Ryder 
And then I took the Inside the Entrepreneurial Mind class with Norm Brodsky, Lewis Schiff, and Lisa Teach in my very first semester. And that's all they would talk about. It was just the Oxford trip. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to apply. This is something I've heard about. It sounds amazing. And it truly was. Good for you. And that's a great way to get started. <laughs> definitely. Now, um, so that our listeners can get a sense of what Moonshots and Moneymakers is and the kind of participants that were there. Can you tell us a little bit about any of the people that you met that week? Sure, Absolutely. There were people from every type of industry imaginable. You had people from financial sectors, from mental health industries, different manufacturing and distribution, you name it. And there was also just a whole diversity of different people there. You had people from other countries like the United Arab Emirates, many Americans. It was just a wonderful experience. And I you just keep learning about all these different industries and networking along the way. You learn just so much from it. Yeah. And speaking of networking, uh, I remember meeting a lot of people when we sat down, because I was there too, when we sat down for meals. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. So we follow the traditional Oxford mealtime tradition, I suppose. And we would sit across from the person that we were in front of in the line and you would ask them what you're working on. So when we would sit down across, we were all intermingled with the different entrepreneurs, different students, other people on the trip. We would ask what you're working on. And I've learned so much about different people's industries. They were looking at ways to expand a certain product or ways to exit their strategy, their um, businesses. And overall, they would sometimes ask me what I was working on. And I would say different types of schoolwork, different passion projects I have. So it was good to connect on an interpersonal level as well as a professional level and learn how these different industries operate. Yeah. Now you were in a, uh, sitting in the workshops with all of these entrepreneurs and business owners. Are there a few things that you picked up from the presentations and from the workshops that you'll remember? <laughs> Yes, absolutely. I think this is more of an indirect aspect, but I learned to ask as many questions as possible. The entrepreneurs that you're sitting with want to help you understand what is exactly going on. And one of the key things that I remember from the presentations was that we talked about how government can be used to fund right. capital expenditures and other different types of businesses. So seeing how you could utilize the government for that was just fascinating to me. And there was other types of like legal jargon I didn't understand. So I would lean over to the entrepreneur next to me and they would clarify and help me understand what is going on. Good for you for asking those questions, you know, while you're building relationships with people at the table. That was smart. Um, so while you're sitting there and while you're learning all of this about business afterwards, there's also a whole lot of other experience you're having because you're at Oxford. So uh, and I know that that is a culture of its own. And all of you got to experience some of that. What are some of the memories, you know, or what are some of the experiences you had that are like pure Oxford types of experiences or the ones you won't forget? It was, it's more of a holistic experience of anything. Being at Oxford, like you said, is just one experience. So being in this ancient city, walking around on the, the cobblestone streets and traveling with a group of people is just fascinating. I remember that we were walking around late at night, just seeing all the shops that were open. And then they had this 
market fair almost. I forget the exact name of it, but it was a covered market and they had all different boutique shops and chocolatiers and all of that. Mm -hmm. Additionally, because Oxford is only an hour away from London, on our free day, we took the train up to London. So we got to see all of those various sites up there. So it was a lot of just touristy things we were able to do, but also really submerse ourselves into the Oxford culture. And it seemed like you all got along really, it was a fantastic group of students that were there. And it seems like you all gelled, got along and really made some connections with those participants for Moonshots and Moneymakers and got to spend some good time with the Brodskys and with Louis Schiff. Yes, absolutely. I honestly did not know many people going on to the trip at first, but getting to know more people, I see them on campus. I say hello now. I stop and have a conversation. So it really builds your network on a professional and social level, which I'm really thankful for. Now, I think you've done a great job of describing why this was such a special experience. But if there's anyone who might be listening and still wondering if it's the right thing for them, can you give any final words of advice or encouragement about why the Oxford trip next year might be a good use of their time? They, if they're unsure, just go for it. There is nothing to absolutely lose. The experience is priceless and you really just have to put yourself out there. It's a relaxed environment. So it feels natural to network with people and it is good for any business major. It sure is. It sure is. And I think it's great to see how everything that you're learning across the curriculum comes together, or you will learn across the curriculum that comes together. It's not just for seniors. You, after all, are a sophomore. Yes. And I could just tell that it's already set you up for all kinds of lessons and experiences in the future while you're here. Marissa, thank you so much for being on the podcast and, of course, for availing yourself of this great opportunity. Thank you for this opportunity. And we'll be right back with the Off the Clock podcast only on 1077 The Bronx and 1077thebronc.com. And we're back with Off the Clock with Dean Kuchar here on 1077 The Bronx, the 2023 winner of the IBS Media Award for Best College Radio Station of the Year. Our next guest is Dr. Nitin Singh, an assistant professor of entrepreneurship in the Brodsky College Management Department. He currently teaches our Business 400 Senior Capstone course, Strategic Management and Policy, as well as Small Business Management. His recent research is focused on growth strategies in entrepreneurial firms, specifically the dual-class capital structure strategy employed by many high-profile tech firms and the impact of gender-diverse boards on IPO performance. In August, Dr. Singh was one of the faculty members, along with Professor Lisa Teach, who led the group of Brodsky Bronx to the Moonshots and Moneymakers Conference. Let's hear from Dr. Nitin Singh. I'm happy to have Dr. Nitin Singh here as my guest on the podcast. Nitin, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Now, before we even get into the uh, experience that you and your students had, I wanted to get started with this. This whole Oxford trip revolves around this Moonshots and Moneymakers program. Can you give us a brief description of what Moonshots and Moneymakers is? Okay. Uh, Moneymakers is you know a successful business. It's already successful, and it is being run successfully by these entrepreneurs. 
Moonshot is a mechanism where these successful entrepreneurs are trying to think about how can they have their growth rate increase by, say, 50%, 100% growth rate. So if their current businesses are having a growth rate of, say, 10%, they're thinking of how can they make their business, evolve their business by business models or putting a layer of technology on their existing business models and try to increase that growth rate to, say, by 50%, by 100% on an annual basis. So that really, you know, uh, adds up to the valuation of their organization, to their businesses, so that when they exit, the value that they get from their business would be a multiple, 10 multiple times of what they would get if they if, if it's just a moneymaker. I see. So then the entrepreneurs that are there, the participants that are part of this program are there to become better moneymakers, but hopefully a moonshot. Yes. Yes, you're right. Can you give us an example of maybe some of the, you did already, but a little bit more about maybe some of the questions, some of the topics that were covered during this program for the entrepreneurs, the moonshots and moneymakers? Yeah, basically, uh, you know, one of the most important topic that was covered was how can these particular businesses uh, evolve their business models in ways by which they are able to grow their businesses at a rate which is required for a moonshot. So basically, the idea is to try and leverage the technology as much as possible, uh -huh. because technology is something that is going to provide them access to a much larger and much greater uh, business, uh, like a business size uh, in the marketplace. Like one example that I, uh, that comes to my mind is here, you know, we have several of the businesses in the local areas and uh, there is one particular uh, business called Ginger Peach, the bakery, uh, which, yeah. exists, which is quite famous in the Lawrenceville area. Yes. And, you know, this particular business was a moneymaker or is, is currently a moneymaker, but it's moonshot came when it got listed on Gold Belly. Like it's an mm. agri, uh, it's a bakery website where, you know, they aggregate all known businesses in the local areas and they try to provide them support systems by which they are able to supply their products nationally. Right. So now this particular bakery shop, which is located in Lawrenceville, has markets across the United States because they are able to supply their products across the nation. Now their value is going to be a multiple of 10 times, 20 times than what it used to be before it came on to the gold belly. I so see. leveraging That's a great example. Of, yeah, so like leveraging this kind of technologies and trying to increase the market size, increasing the revenues will always add value to the businesses so that they are valued much higher than you know what they used to be earlier. Got it. So there were these dis uh, discussions about how technology can be used to accelerate their businesses. As well as there were, uh, you know, discussions about what is the right time to exit their businesses, because now these particular people who are, you know, aiming for moonshots, they should also know what would be the appropriate time for them to, you know, exit this particular business and make the maximum money that is possible. So we had an economist there who was explaining to us that there is this economic cycle which repeats every seven years and the seventh year is going to be a good year that is going to be coming up is 2024. Otherwise from 2025, there is going to be a dip in the economic activity. And that gives them some insight in terms of, okay, if they want to exit the business, if they want to pursue other interests, then maybe 2024 is the maximum time that they have to, you know, exit the business. 2025 yeah. would be you know, not that good a time. So just getting this kind of information is valuable for them because they are able to plan ahead of time. They get some time to think about how they are able to leverage their exit.
Yeah. And I can see where, you know, you're teaching entrepreneurship and business strategy. I can see how you must have gotten a lot of good stimulus to bring back and incorporate into the class. And so into your classes, speaking about teaching, we you were there with 18 students from Ryder. Can you just share a little bit about, I get, I get how the entrepreneurs were interacting, but what role did the students have as part of this program? Also, they had like two, three different roles. The first primary role that they had was that they had to get to know entrepreneurs. They were assigned one particular entrepreneur whom they had to meet, uh, understand what business they are in and how they got into the business. And then they were required to introduce these entrepreneurs in front of the audience. Okay. So in, in that particular process, these particular uh, students got opportunity to really get to know one entrepreneur at a, you know, at a very close, with a close discussion so that they know exactly what experiences, what kind of things this person has been doing. So that is one part that they are able to understand this process of entrepreneurship by knowing these entrepreneurs. Yeah. The, the second part was that these particular people for those entrepreneurs who were already there acted as a bridge with the generation Z because mm -hmm. now these entrepreneurs were enthusiastically sharing their business ideas and what they are going to do and what they what they are already doing in the business world. Well, in order to get the feedback from these people who are their natural next, you know, next set of uh, customers, consumers. So getting some insights, some feedbacks from these students was also valuable for entrepreneurs. So there, there was really a mutual give and take where these students learned more about entrepreneurs and entrepreneurship, about networking. There was so much of networking involved that these students, you know, have definitely learned some skills or two about how to do good networking and how to start conversations and, you know, how to get more about uh, how to get to know more about these different people. So yeah. they have benefited from networking. They have been they have benefited about uh, you know business world and about how this business uh, businesses are operating in the marketplace. What are new business ideas which are coming into the marketplace? So they have all these different ideas that you know are, the, are, are being shared with them, and they are able to understand that. And that is a great learning experience for them. Yeah. And there was a real energy there, you know, and you're right. The students really rose to the occasion in terms of networking. You and Lisa Teach, your fellow uh, professor there with the course, really prepared them very well. And I was really proud of the students. Now, for anybody who's listening, they might want to hear a little bit too about this, this last part, which is in addition to the learning and the networking, it was also just a a really rewarding cultural experience to be around. Can you just share maybe one thing that you're going to remember about the experience itself with the students and interacting with Oxford as a place that most of them were there for the first time? It's just that this Oxford University, like a 1,000 year old uh, university, it has so much of cultural heritage that is associated with it, yeah. that when you are learning within this particular campus, you are being exposed to all these great people, different people who have achieved a lot of success in their life. And there are a lot of places in Oxford University which were associated with these successful people, whether it is Lewis Carroll's Alice in Wonderland, where it was written, how it was written, who was the inspiration for the characters. And then there was this Lord of the Rings stories, like uh, how the how Mr. Tolkien came across these different kinds of inspirations in different parts of the buildings. So these kinds of stories really elevated the experience of learning in an university. Basically, I felt that the students got a perspective as to what all is 
possible in an university ecosystem, yeah. trying to take advantage of the facilities and the knowledge and the different kinds of uh, things that happen in the university, how that can really help them to become successful as an individual uh, was something that I felt that students were strongly getting associated with is that there are so many great stories that are happening in the university. So this is really yeah. a place, universities are really places where things really start out. Yeah, you're doing a good job explaining. Uh, you kind of had to be there, though, at the same time. It really was special. Uh, thank you for doing that, being there with the students. And thank you for being on this episode of the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And we'll be right back with the Off the Clock podcast, only on 1077 LeBron and 1077LeBron.com. And we're back with Off the Clock with Dean Kuchik here on 1077 The Bronx, the 2023 winner of the IBS Media Award for Best College Radio Station of the Year. Our final guest is Ryder alum Ethan Dowie, a 2019 graduate who majored in entrepreneurial studies. He is CEO of Indigo Promotions, a branded apparel manufacturer located in the Northeast, and Dowie Corp a 501c3 nonprofit organization hosting sporting events to raise funds for children with cancer and youth sports training. Ethan ran Division I track all four years of college and was a member of the Entrepreneurship Club. He also held an internship with the Uncommon Individual Foundation, where his role was to grow the entrepreneurship spirit on Ryder University's campus. Ethan was one of 24 Business Bronx who attended the first ever innovation intensive with Norm Brodsky at Oxford University in August of 2019. Here's my interview with Ethan Dowie. Ethan, thank you so much for being here as part of the Off the Clock podcast. I'm happy to have you. Thank you for having me, Gene. I appreciate the invite. Now, you're a bit of a pioneer because you were one of the first students that Ryder sent over to Oxford as part of this innovation intensive. Can you tell us a little bit of what you can remember about where you were at that point in time, how you first heard about this as an opportunity and why you thought it was a good one for you? Yeah, I think so. I had just opened my nonprofit a year prior um, when I was a junior okay. going into my senior year. Uh, I, I had gotten into entrepreneurship a little bit just from some of the classes we had taken and uh, and just kind of getting interested in business, not really like deep. I haven't really done a deep dive in it yet, but uh, I was starting to get interested. And the entrepreneurship department did a very good job of promoting that event and that program just as, as a whole. And I remember hearing about it and just being interested. I, I feel like uh, if anything, my curiosity was piqued that I was like, all right, like I'll attend a few meetings. I'll see what it's about. And then I'll kind of just go from there and ultimately make a decision if I want to apply or not. Yeah. And, and you decided to. And I, I definitely did. I mean, we had one information meeting and one, a bunch of people showed up, which I was already like, whoa, why? all right, I'm not the only one interested in this. It's not going to be an empty room here. Um, and then it was just, I feel like the coolest part about it was that no one knew exactly what it was going to be because it was the first one. Right. We were actually told, we someone uh, used the exact words of, you know, you might just end up being flies on the wall. It's just kind of to observe and listen in. And then, you know, obviously going through it, it's a completely different experience than that. And I've heard about that part of the story, too. So for the listeners who weren't there, uh, tell us if you were flies, what you would be watching, but really what the role is that the students that it turned more into just being flies on the wall and observing. So give us more about that. 
Well, the coolest part was everyone was anticipating that. So all the students, when I was talking to them, like all my friends, we were all thinking like, okay, you know, we're just here to observe, but it's still going to be amazing getting this much information from people who are already where you want to be in the business world, entrepreneurs, millionaires, billionaires, whatever. Yeah. Um, but then you get there and immediately everything is interactive. Every session is together. There's no separation. Students are speaking, entrepreneurs speaking, the facilitator was speaking, whose name is Lewis. And I think that was the coolest part for me, just being like, whoa, I'm surrounded by pure talent here. Uh -huh. It's not just that I'm the only talented student. It's not just that I'm the only talented entrepreneur or whatever. It's all molded into one. And I think for me, that was the most special part of just being able to say that you're around such amazing people that have had such great ideas and being able to interact with them. And were there specific things that you were asked to do or were you pretty much just participating as a learner, just like the entrepreneurs that were there? Well, the coolest part was it was what you make it. I feel like obviously that's good life advice too, but it, this whole event was just what how you what you made of it. If you wanted to speak to the entrepreneurs and ask some questions, you could. If you wanted to present a business idea, which was one of my favorite parts because I got to do that, you okay. could. So it was really if you were creative and if you could, you know, figure out what you really wanted to get out of the experience. You could get it, but you really had to be active in, in trying to learn from the other people there, the entrepreneurs, and and kind of asking them questions and, and being alert to learning. Can you give us maybe one memory that sticks out most salient for you from that experience? Now it's a couple of years later. What sticks in your head? Okay, I'm going to give you two real quick. So the first one was um, we one of the, the days... Lewis, who was a facilitator, we were doing a whiteboard activity. And after he finished, he basically said like, hey, if anyone has an idea that they want to brainstorm on or want us to really harp on and, and edit live, mm -hmm. you can do it. You just got to ask me. And I was a little bit nervous because I had an idea and I was like, I don't want to be that guy, but I really do want to ask. And I ultimately decided to ask him if I could pitch it in front of everybody. And he just, just like, yeah, sure. And then all of a sudden I'm like, whoa, I don't have anything together. Like, let me really like brainstorm here, how I want to pitch this to everybody. And then I did it the next day. It was so much fun. Everyone was cool about it. They all gave me great ideas. And it was just one of those things where you walk away and you just give yourself a pat on the back for opening your mouth up and, and really saying what you want to do. That's great. That's great. Was was there a second? Oh, I'm sorry. And then the other yeah. story was, uh, well, I don't know how much I could say, but let's just say there was a contest late at night and uh, Norm had decided that if he won the contest, he would donate to my nonprofit, Dowie Corp, which is, it's such an amazing memory because he did win and he did follow through on his promise and he did donate. So very cool. And just to be totally clear for everyone listening, when you say Norm, you're referring to Norm Brodsky. Norm Brodsky, yes. His business partner that we happen to know <laughs> because, you know, the college is named after him. Yes, yes. I know about this contest. Uh, <laughs> if anyone's listening and wants to know more, find out for yourself. And how about, let me let me move on to the, the part. So you're at Oxford. This isn't just happening, you know, on a Ryder campus. This is at Oxford. Can you tell me something more about that experience for you, being at somewhere that's, you know, such an amazing place to be tell me more about that well i had never been out of the country at that point in time so i thought that was originally that was one of the coolest parts about it that you know i go from not being out of the country at rider to not only being out of the country being surrounded by amazing entrepreneurs in a completely different part of the world and just being able to see all the sites as if i was some tourists going there, but yeah. also going there as a student too. So I think um, what was nice about the trip was not only did we do business activities, right. we also did day trips to certain activities that were in the local Oxford area. And we also got to 
work out at the Oxford College. That's literally right across the street. It was just all together. I feel like it was a, it was very well put together, and you got to do a bunch of different experiences that weren't just business, you know? Yeah, yeah. it's a culture. Oxford has a culture itself. There's traditions. Um, you know, it's... It's a, it's a, has an amazing history. Um, any anything stick out as maybe like a a tradition or a and a social activity, a cultural activity that you did. I I think um, the the biggest thing that sticks out is their. I don't know if this was just from the activity or the the trip, but they had a thing called tea time. Yeah, and it was so, like I, that might have been a top. That was probably my top memory from the entire trip, to be honest, because you would go from these sessions that were you know, banged out right after each other. But then all of a sudden you'd see on the schedule that there was an intermission called tea time. And you're like, what is this? Right. And it was literally just a 10 minute break where everybody got tea, networked a little bit and talked to each other. Yeah. But the, it was just, it was such a funny time because you're rubbing shoulders with all these successful people and you're just having a blast. And you go from being serious to joking around to serious to another tea time and joking around. And I think it just, it really made it mesh well. Yeah, yeah, it created a little community. Yes, hundred percent. Now, now um, before we close, I have to ask this question: You're an entrepreneur now. Is there something that you learned from that experience that you feel like has made you a better, stronger entrepreneur today? I think the biggest one would be take advantage of every situation that comes your way. So, if you ever get a chance to be in front of amazing people who who are successful in whatever way you want to be successful you have to take advantage of it. You can't sit back and relax and just be like, ah, maybe I'll ask him next time or oh, maybe I'll do this next time. You can't wait. It has to be, I am going to do this right now. I'm going to take advantage of whatever opportunity is in front of me. And then I'm going to be able to carry that throughout my entire life. And I think that's just something that naturally happened to me on the trip. I just took advantage, you know, by, by chance. And then it was just, it became a really fun activity and, and a fun time for me on the yeah. entire trip. So well said. Thank you for being here as part of the podcast, Ethan. Thank you for having me, Gene and Patricia. Appreciate you both. And we'll be right back with the Off the Clock Podcast, only on 1077 The Bronx and 1077thebronc.com. And we're back with Off the Clock with Dean Kuchar here on 1077 The Bronx, the 2023 winner of the IBS Media Award for Best College Radio Station of the Year. Welcome back to Off the Clock. I'm joined now by all three of our contestants. I should let you know that Charles Ray is on the clock at the moment, and so off the off the clock for our game today. But my off the clock production partner Trisha and I will keep calm and carry on for today's game time segment. It's game time. To remind everyone listening, our guests are each playing today's game time segment on behalf of a Brodsky Bronx student. But this month, the students are actually drawn from the group that went to Oxford this past summer. Marissa, tell us who you're playing for. I'm in it to win it for Shay Leffler-Blum. It's a good team. And Dr. Singh, please tell us who you're playing for. I am playing for Wyatt. I'm going to get the trophy for him. Wyatt is competitive, so I know that you certainly should have brought it today. And finally, Ethan. Please tell us who you're playing for. I'm playing for Joseph Kiros, or as I call him in the streets, Captain Q. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. <laughs> I knew I heard that somewhere. So good. So we definitely have a competition here. It's about to go down. Thank you, contestants. As usual, we have two fun games to play. Our first game is called Know Your Onions. Trisha, how will we learn if our guests indeed know their onions? 
It helps to know that know your onions is a British phrase sometimes used to indicate that someone is smart, well-prepared, or clever. Anyone who has spent some time across the pond knows that British English is a bit different than American English, especially when it comes to idioms and colloquialisms. In this game, we have a series of phrases that while widely understood in the UK are not commonly uttered here in the States. Contestants, we will give you a phrase. If you can correctly describe what that phrase means, you get six points. If you can't, we'll use it in a sentence for you. If you get that right, you get three points. If you can't, we'll give you three multiple choice options. If you get that right, you earn two points. I hope this is giving nobody the collywobbles. Are we ready? Let's go. Marissa, you're up first. So Marissa, your phrase is, Bob's your uncle. What does that phrase mean, Bob's your uncle? Can it be used in a sentence? Yes, of course. All you have to do is insert the key, turn it to the left, and Bob's your uncle. Does it mean like, that's it, it's that simple? Yes, that's exactly what it means. That's it, it's that simple. Uh, it's as easy as that, just like that, voila. The origins of the word is, are unclear. But one theory cites that the nepotism of 1880s British Prime Minister Robert Gascoigne Cecil, when he appointed his nephew Arthur James Balfour to be the Minister of Ireland, is at play. Therefore, Bob's your uncle. Congratulations. You've just earned yourself three points, Marissa. Ethan, you're up next. Ethan, your phrase is taking the mickey. I'm going to go with uh, no sentence. I'm going to say taking a chance. Oh, well, how meta. You took a chance there, but that's not quite right. <laughs> Trisha, give him a sentence. During the chin wag at the pub, they love to take the mickey out of their mate. Uh, okay, okay. It means like to like the ch joke around, kind of, to joke around with them. You got it. Yeah, to make fun of them. That okay, fits yeah, okay, there perfectly. It. So we now say. have a tie on the board. You got three points for that. Making fun with lighthearted teasing is Take known that. as taking the mickey. Very good. Take that. And Nitin, it's your turn. Nitin, your phrase is, that went pear-shaped. Sentence. He got cheesed off when the rain came, and we had no brawlies. That whole afternoon went pear-shaped. Uh, went bad, like not not expected, in unexpected ways. Yeah, you got it. You got it. We're a three-way tie. That <laughs> sentence barely felt like it was helping at all, but yet you pulled it out with a correct answer for three. That's right. The situation takes a turn for the worse or becomes complicated, untenable, or wrong. So uh, we've got a three versus three versus three tie, which makes game number two so important. And for our second battle, we are playing a game called Tea Time. Trisha, what's involved? Tea Time is a significant tradition in the UK culture involving a meal of tea and light, sweet, and savory snacks. It serves as a brief break from the day's activities and a chance to connect with others and revel in their Britishness. Today, we are going to have a spot of tea together, the letter T. For each contestant, we have a business, product, or brand that starts with the letter T. We will give you a one-word clue that hints at this T-word business product or brand. If you correctly guess the business product or brand after the first one-word clue, you will receive six points. After the second one-word clue, you will receive three points. 
And after the third one word clue, you will receive two points. So for example, our first clue might be choreography. Jean, do you know what that is? Hmm, no, I'll need another clue. Our second clue is viral. I think I know, but why don't you give me one more clue? Our third clue is app. I've done enough dancing clips that went viral on TikTok to know it's TikTok. Okay, are we all ready to play? Love it. Let's do it. All right. Ethan, you're up first. The first clue is yellow. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with... Taxi. I don't know. Your second clue is outdoors. So yellow and outdoors. Five seconds. I don't know. Your third clue is boots. Is boots. Okay. Timberland. You got it. It uh, is. Of you course, guys know, you guys knew. Marissa, you look like you knew. Yeah, I did. I knew with the boots. Nitten, you're up next. Your first clue is Hyperloop. Second clue. Your second clue is Roadster. Third. Third clue? Third clue is Elon. Oh, <laughs> uh, Tesla? You got it with Tesla. <laughs> You got That's it with a Tesla. tie, baby. That's a tie. <laughs> it's still a tie here. Yeah, Elon Listen, Musk. Don't go messing this up now. No, I'm kidding. I'm going to try. <laughs> Elon Musk's white paper on his vision for the Hyperloop, a high-speed transportation system, which was passenger pods traveling through low-pressure tubes at high speed, uh, is a part of the larger Tesla story, at least the Elon Musk story, and the Roadster, their first model in 2008. But you got two points here with Tesla, and we've got a five versus five versus three, but Marissa, this makes it very exciting moving on to you. Your first clue is Minneapolis. Second clue. Your second clue is Bullseye. Target. You got it. You got it. Minneapolis is the birthplace and headquarters of retailing giant Target. In addition to its location and history, Target has supported the city through a great deal of community and philanthropic engagement. Oh, and Bullseye is not only the logo, but the name of that mascot dog, Bullseye. So if my math is correct, I think that you eked out a win with six points versus your two competitors. Congratulations. Marissa, can you remind us what student you're playing for? I am playing for Shay Leffler-Blum. Shay, oh, wonderful. I couldn't happen to a nicer person. Marissa and Shay, congratulations. And thank you, Ethan, Nitin, Trisha, Marissa, for being here as part of Game Time and this episode. It's great to have you. Thank, thank you, you for, for having, having me. Thanks for having us. I want to thank my three guests, everyone on the Off The Clock team, and to you for listening. So I really do have great memories from going on that Oxford trip this past summer. Not only did I get to see a great slate of speakers and thinkers, but also uh, a network of highly successful business owners as they were opening themselves up to new techniques and models and technologies that would bring their businesses to the next level. I also got to remind myself what it feels like when our students get to broaden their horizons by being around such great minds, 
great ideas, great energy. A big thank you to all associated with the Moonshots and Moneymakers Conference uh, and, and everyone at St. Edmund's House and to Norm and to Lewis uh, and again to our podcast guests for giving us a chance to talk about this and spending some time recognizing how special of a program this is. Know that we are here on the clock making these kinds of unforgettable experiences for and with our students and that we will be here off the clock to talk about it. Thank you for listening and keep on learning. Thank you for joining us for the Off the Clock podcast here on 1077 The Bronx, the 2023 winner of the IBS Media Award for Best College Radio Station of the Year. And a special thanks goes to our hosts, Dr. Gene Kucher, our production staff, Trisha Adams, Liz Carrion, and Astu Ka, and everyone at the all-new digital broadcast studios of 1077 The Bronx and 1077thebronc.com, including the incomparable John Moses. This is your OTC announcer, Charles Ray, saying see you next time when we can get together off the clock.